Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. Coming up on today's episode. It's like, hey, I really want to create a space where we don't care if you have never seen a fly rod or if you've been fishing for 40 years, we're all people, you know, and so like there are no like heroes or zeros in this like you know it's just we're still all chasing a fish with a stick well hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of the dads on the fly podcast i am caleb simmons and we will be joined by my brother joshua simmons and that voice that you just heard was mr matthew carter from orvis greenville south carolina we had a great opportunity to go hang out with matthew down at the orvis greenville south carolina location we recorded this upcoming interview on location, in the shop, while they were open. It was really great. Uh, you probably hear in the background of this episode some music and some people talking and hanging out in the store, and we love doing that. And then we got the great opportunity to engage with some other dads down there. Um, we posted it on our social media back early November that we were going to be there. We got to hang out with a lot of you guys that are in the upstate of South Carolina at the Greenville Orvis location. So thanks for everyone who came out that day, and we're excited today for you to be able to hear our conversation with Mr. Matthew Carter, the fishing director down there at Orvis Greenville. But before we dive into today's episode, we want to really just celebrate with you all. We are so excited to announce that the first ever Dads on the Fly Father-Son Retreat is almost full. We have one spot left. So, First of all, we're excited about this and can't wait to see what this opportunity brings as we try to give some dads out there some intentional time to engage with their kids, doing it on the river, uh, spending some time fly fishing and having a great weekend together. But if you're interested, if you want that one last spot, you better hit us up soon. So email us at thedads at dadsonthefly.com. Again, the Dads on the Fly Father-Son Retreat is going to be taking place April the 28th through April 30th, 2023. It's going to be a weekend with some great food, some great opportunities for you to hang out with your kids, and some great time on the water. Um, Some guided fly fishing right here in Western North Carolina. We think it's going to be an unforgettable weekend that you and your son are going to make memories and talk about for a really long time. And again, our goal is to help make dads the heroes of that weekend. So we really can't wait for that. And so if you're interested, make sure to message us soon before that last spot gets taken. Well, we're going to dive into today's episode with Mr. Matthew Carter of Orvis Greenville. I just got to tell you, this is such a fun episode. I love this conversation that we have with Matthew about his origins of getting into fly fishing, why he continues to fly fish, why he loves it so much, uh, what it means to really be an authentic person as well as an authentic angler and how fly fishing has helped him to do that. And we got into a great conversation and something that he learned from his time doing photography about how to better engage with our kids. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Mr. Matthew Carter of Orvis Greenville. All right, folks. So today here we are with a Dads on the Fly podcast. And Caleb, what a cool episode we get to do today, man. First of all, um, we're not in the Dads on the Fly basement studio today. We are in a far more... uh, Dude, if your studio looked like this, we would not be recording a lot of podcasts. Let's just right. put it that way. No, it, well, first of all, it's a little bigger than my studio, and much. There's a lot 
more things to distract us. So why don't you tell everybody where we're at today, man? Yeah, man, we are super excited. We are on location today in the Orvis of Greenville, South Carolina. So we're in the Greenville location of the Orvis uh, Fly Fishing store and uh, excited to hang out today with our man uh, Matthew. Matthew, how are you, man? Doing great. How are y'all? We're doing fantastic. We really appreciate you having us down here. Um, just yeah. scrolling around looking. We got uh, some folks in the shop this morning doing doing some shopping. We got, uh, fly we got time some material. dogs walking yeah. around, yeah. man. Yeah. This is it's awesome. A, a sweet this deal. is a great place to be <laughs> hanging out today. This is really cool. We got uh, you know, all this fly time material to the left here and uh, watching fly fishing videos and behind Matt. And we're just going <laughs> to talk to Matthew today about sort of his uh, intro into fly fishing and also what he's doing here with Orvis. And so uh, stoked to be down here. But before we get into anything, Matt, why don't you just tell us what is your experience um, into fly fishing? When did you first pick up a fly rod? We always like to kind of start with that with everybody yeah. or, or maybe a spin rod that turned into a fly rod and how did all that go? Yeah. So definitely started out on cane pole, probably like age of two. Statesville, North Carolina, uh, any and all farm ponds that were, uh, you know, like my dad had a connection from the church or whatever. And, um, and so we would go do that thing. And then, uh, in fourth grade, we moved sort of out to the country a bit. And well, you we in had Statesville, a, so you're kind of in the country. So that, you went from yeah, the country to I mean, the country. Well, you know, I was country. in that city life there for a <laughs> minute, you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we moved out a little bit, um, from the like town area and we had a 13 acre, uh, farm pond there. And so, um, my dad, um, we had this really terrible John boat with oars and everything. And I, I really think it was tin. I don't know that aluminum is the proper word. Like, <laughs> you know, like it was just like constantly keep your butt in the middle of the boat, keep your butt in the middle of the boat, you know, cause he's a big boy too. So it was like, we were going to sink this thing. So anyway, he bought an Eagle Claw fly rod at that point. Yeah. So I would have been fourth grade. About every fifth cast, the tip section would go shooting out. <laughs> and so you constantly, like we could only fish poppers, you yeah. know, big enough that it wouldn't go back through the, the, the last eye. So um, that was definitely the beginning. Um, fast forward years and years and years until I really understood. I mean, you know, I was definitely playing around with a fly rod at that point yeah. but not like seriously until um 20 i guess 21 years ago right before i got married we went out on a trip to washington me my dad my uncle and uh my grandpa went to the yakima river and we fished for a week all across washington state wow and uh, it was the first time ever seeing a drift boat first time really like understanding oh this is how this really works but fished my whole life just never on the fly until probably 20 years ago. I heard you say in there a lot, mention your dad. Yeah. And um, so I would, if you want to just follow up on that, your dad got you on the water. Do you, do you kind of owe that to him? For oh, sure? absolutely. A lot of special moments there. Absolutely. Um, so dad was a very busy guy, um, was a pastor at a church and super busy, but always made time um, for me and my sister and uh, spent a lot of time in the woods with him, like squirrel hunting or rabbit hunting, quail hunting. Um, and then obviously a lot of time fishing. That's kind of like his real passion is fishing. I think he would give up all the hunting if it probably weren't for me. Um, but yeah, so we would, um, spend a ton of time fishing together. And so he definitely taught me the ways of the woods and the water. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, definitely hats off to Ralph. 
That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> love that, that you got a great connection with your dad through the outdoors. That is super special. Um, so you uh, started fly fishing, I guess you said, about 21 years ago. And then yep. now here you are uh, working at Orvis. And tell us your title one more time here fishing at Fishing manager. You're the fishing yeah. manager. So, I mean, great title. I mean, that's, great that's a great <laughs> job. And uh, so you're the fishing manager here at the Orvis Greenville location. Um, where did it kind of – where did you, I guess, decide this is what you wanted to do yeah. with your, with your a, life? Um, so about, I, I want to say it's like six or seven years ago, uh, my family took a trip out to Banff, Canada. And, uh, it was like my parents, my sister and me and my wife and daughter. And, um, while we were there, like the Bow River was like super swollen. We couldn't fish or anything. And dad and I were like, oh, kind of bummed about that, but you know, still had a great time. But on the flight back, I was kind of had too much alone time by myself to like let my brain wander and I was like you know what man I really need to get serious about fly fishing because I it was one of those things that I just had kind of goofed around with but spin fishing was kind of where it was at but I had come to a place in my life where I was um I think pretty insecure I was a photographer previously and still have that business but like um, this is this is super rambly as most things I say are. No, this uh, is great, man. We love this. We we <laughs> so love hearing the stories. Edit. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, like um, I had too much alone time on this plane, and was like, I am not doing the things that I really love, like who I really am. I'm not spending that time in the woods and the water that I need to, and I also really suck at fly fishing, and I need to like better understand how to do that. So. I came home, bought a new fly rod, like kind of dialed it up and really started getting after it at that point and, and really made some just big life changes about like, I'm not trying to impress anybody in the photo industry anymore. I'm not trying to go after um, certain kind of client. I was like, really, I want, I want to be outside, man. I want to go back to kind of who I was born, you know, yeah. like pre-Greenville life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, like, uh, really that was kind of a, uh, a pivotal moment on that plane ride. Yeah. And it was just like, I've got buddies who are really into this and, and I need to kind of go back into that and like get better at hunting and fishing and everything and, and really be who I want. And I started, that made me start wanting to make work around that too. Mm. So the photography work started shifting a little bit. And yeah. So you were doing photography before you were doing... Yeah, I was a commercial and editorial and portrait photographer. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, yeah, mostly people, businesses. Businesses uh, and things like that. Work, that Tra kind of traveling thing. around a lot with that? Not a ton. It was mostly like this, you know, I would say Charlotte to Atlanta. Yeah. Kind of, kind of thing. Charleston. Yeah. And so about six or seven years ago, you said you, you got really... Yeah, focus committed on, of this is what you wanted to do. Yeah, like I wanted to, I wanted to make a transition from that type of work to at least outdoor work. Yeah, and then when COVID kind of came along, it sort of punched my business in the face, mm. and I was like, man, I should really find a job that's <laughs> sustainable, sustainable like something that's a little bit more predictable. Yeah. And so I started looking at other avenues to still pursue what i'm passionate about mm -hmm. and so orvis was one that i was like man i don't know maybe yeah. um and then interviewed for a, a different position here and within like a couple months um stars aligned and this a vacancy happened here and i got this job so now he's the fishing <laughs> manager so um i have a question what yeah. besides uh 
invite random dudes from North Carolina. What does a fishing <laughs> man to come down and hang out? What does a uh, fishing manager do, man? What, it seems yeah. like a cool title, uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> I would so, be on board with that. <laughs> so yeah, like I would say, the, the the bulk of my time is spent trying to a just run the retail business with with Dan, uh, our store manager. Um, obviously, I'm in charge of bringing in all the flies, and so I'm constantly talking to people and kind of finding out, hey, you know, what are you wanting in the shop? Trying to build a community here. So Sweet. the biggest thing was like when I like that six or seven years ago, whatever it was, when I just like was going to fly shops super intimidated yeah um felt like everybody's like oh you're a dork like i don't want to talk to you or whatever um and guilty as charged am a dork (laughs) but uh (laughs) so when i decided to come to orvis that was kind of like my thing i was like hey i really want to create a space where we don't care if you have never seen a fly rod or if you've been fishing for 40 years we're all people you know and so like there are no like heroes or zeros in this like you know it's just we're still all chasing a fish with a stick you know so like um really just trying to create a space like for people a community where it's a little more welcoming open to people so that's that's a lot of what i spend my time on um is developing that community talking with people obviously ordering gear you know and and working through people's stuff getting people set up so you know somebody comes in and never had any clue they just know they want to chase something on the fly we yeah. kind of talk about what's the water around them and then we go from there like do you need waders maybe you don't maybe you just need a rod it's uh, really cool so yeah. you feel like the majority of your time spent probably helping new folks getting connected to the sport a lot of that and then i mean i've got customers that come in and they're going to chase permit for the 30th time you yeah. know and they need a new line or a new reel or whatever new rod yeah so I just want to hit on something he said that I think yeah. is so important. Um, I just remember beginning into fly fishing, and uh, and this has just changed for me. I'll, I'll be totally upfront and honest here. Orvis has a name sometimes that will scare new fly fishers mm-hmm. away yeah. um, because it's like, oh, it's Orvis. Um, yeah. But then we had Tom on, Mr. Rosenbauer, yeah, and, uh, awesome. and now we sit here with uh, a guy like Matthew, and, and you see what he, you're trying to do here I think is so important. You don't want that feel when people come in here. You want it to be – a, a community like you Absolutely. said and that makes a huge difference because i think where fly fishing is going and we've talked to a lot of people about this it, it's going away from what it was 20 years ago yeah um to the you know got to be a dry fly naturalist or or a dry fly only and you've got to yeah. be a an old dude who's done you don't it have your to be a life. rich old white guy no, no exactly. it's really i mean <laughs> it's true you can spot be on yeah any Anybody yeah. can do this, you know, and, and, and that's it's what not as terrifying as yeah, it's, it's not as intimidating as it's, it's just in talking to Matthew, like via Instagram first, and then we talked a couple times sure. on the phone. We we kind of developed a little relationship, and I was like, "This is a store we would want to come hang out in oh, because yeah. it's sure. got that feel to it." And um, so big big ups for you for doing that, man. Yeah, in thanks. a place like Greenville, in a place that is you know it's got a city to it, but you've got this great spot here. You got a lot of, I mean, already which is what. 10, 15 in the morning, we got people in here like crazy, man. Yeah, um, it's before opening. Yeah, see, see what we bring in when we come to the shop. Right, Look at it. It's people all because just, of dads on the fly. We, we just we, we we put a post out and everybody's just streaming in. That's what it is. They're all they're all gathered around watching us or nothing. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, like there was a great foundation when I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a killer staff. Um, there are several of us that fish, um, and so like having a having a killer staff is what makes all this happen. Yeah. Um, so as a fishing manager, obviously you get to do some fishing through the through the role, right? You gotta <laughs> yeah, check man. out, know what the waters are doing. From correct? time is to that, time, is that part of it? 
yeah and so uh we also we also do a lot of teaching here okay um so sorry that was a that was a weird segue well it's a great segue <laughs> Perfect. It's a perfect segue. Uh, because you asked about fishing. No, but uh, you get to do some fishing instruction. That's just yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so, like, I, I definitely get to do some fishing, uh, getting out as much as I can on days off. Um, so I, I fish a ton of, like, North Carolina, Western North Carolina, and occasionally get down to the Chattooga still, um, Chaga, those kind of places. Yeah. So just go ahead and talk about it. What are some some teaching instruction you do here, man? Like, yeah, you yeah. Do the so, new angler courses, right? Like, what? Did, yeah, what we do. We like the, teach a fly fishing one hundred and one, two hundred and one, yeah. and three hundred and one. And so that one hundred and one is basically like, I don't know what a fly is, uh, and we're going to go through knots and casting and all that kind of stuff. Two hundred and one are graduates of one hundred and one who come back. We want to get them out on water and actually just start letting them lay, lay line down on water. If we catch fish, it's a real bonus. And then a three hundred and one is more of like a. Hey, let's go actually fish together, and so, um, so that's that's part of the education part. Obviously, in here, constantly like, have you tried this rig? You know, like you know, like people finding successes, and we're kind of celebrating those successes with them, and and kind of talking that up with them. So, um, but yeah, constantly just trying to give people information that is free all over the internet, but maybe they don't even know what questions to ask. Yeah, know? I mean, so, I think that that you make a great point. That's part of probably the hardest part especially when you're getting into it is it, it does seem overwhelming it does yeah. seem intimidating because it seems like oh gosh there's all this lingo there's all this stuff at the end of the day it's some thread and feathers tied on a hook <laughs> on the end of a line that we <laughs> chunk out there and try to get a fish to bite it i mean you know it's not as intense as we make it out for to be. sure but it can seem really intimidating to people getting started for the first time and um i think what orvis has done a great job of and uh and it sounds like what you've done a great job in this shop with this community is uh, relieving some of that pressure, relieving some of that um, overwhelming feeling of, oh, gosh, where do I even start? Because well, I, mean, I think you make a great point. Like people, people don't even know what questions to ask sometimes. Right. And so you're having to. Which is a hard thing to do. You're having to answer questions that people aren't even asking. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, so, but uh, sure. I think that's really cool how you how you've sorted that out. But here we sit at this little, I guess, bar. You would say, right? It's yeah, the gravel bar. Type, the gravel plot called, bar. Man. Look, look at this stuff, man. He, I didn't even see this when I sat down, but we've got a Matthews Fall Fishing Package Essentials. So, I've been in other Orvis stores, just being honest with you, and I've not seen some stuff like this. So he's going to kind of over. I mean, it's got like your checklist. I probably need one of these, man. I was gonna for, say you should take this home. <laughs> That's free because this is the uh, this is a checklist. This is of a crap I usually forget, you, and exactly. everything that you forget, like yeah. the net or uh, you know. And I love how he's got snacks, snacks, and more snacks. That's, right. so, That's great. This is maybe it's a dad's checklist. You never I'm a big have boy. enough. Uh, yeah, that is got great. Some great things on here. And you've also got some uh, some maps over here to help people out around the area. So sure. if, if you're coming in, like these are just free. Take one. Um, this is stuff that you've obviously taken time to do. Yeah, yeah, we go through and, and try to give people, you know, we're not giving them everything, but we're like, here's a waypoint to a parking spot, go walk for 20 minutes, you know, like, get away from people, get away from the easy access, um, or maybe you, you know, are not the world's best hiker, or like, are pretty immobile, here's where you can pull up the car, <laughs> take we're a right there and stick it yeah, in the exactly. river, you know, That's good, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to give people access to stuff that, you know, um, it's not hot spotting or whatever, you know, like it's pretty common stuff. You just have to 
if you don't have that community, you don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like you said, you don't know what questions to ask. So sure. like you don't even know. Yeah, what, in North Carolina, what, what does purple Google on in. that tree mean? Exactly. Well, yeah, Get out yeah, of there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't. Go, we know from personal experience, you don't go <laughs> treading where purple dots are. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and you know, he even has a, a safety issue on this, which is probably more important for me. My wife would love this. Um. Got some things to do. We we should make. Man, we should make one of these That's for dads. This is solid you, right here, man. It's going home for we're sure. Gonna we're going to post we're this. Matthew to help us make yeah, one of these. Make, yeah, we're going to post this for sure. It's definitely partly stolen from some guys in Grand Rapids. That's okay. We're, we don't <laughs> just letting you know. It's I've got your name credit on it. Where credit's due. It's got your name on it now. Thanks, Trent. So, um, yeah, so uh, real quick before we take a break, uh, anything else you want to hit up on Orvis Greenville kind of in the future? We're, um, we're here in the fall, guys. This is uh, November, 1st of November. So, Anything you got going on in 2023 that you're excited about? Yeah, 2023 is going to be the year of the trip at our store. So, right. uh, we, you know, kind of like you guys have got your uh, your thing you're brewing up um, for the father-son weekend. Uh, we're going to be doing some, hopefully, some come fish with us events where maybe we'll go over to the Holston, fish a little bit, um, even simple stuff over like the North Mills for people who are total beginners. We're not gods. It's just me and old Dan. We're going to go out there and... And uh, we got another kid in the shop named Davis, and uh, I think we, we may all just go up and kind of fish with people and kind of um, maybe we might rent a lodge, we might do whatever. Um, so those, those things are still in the works. Um, and then, of course, we have like Orvis Travel. And so with that, you know, we're going to try to hand, hand pick a, a couple trips that maybe we're going to try to push a Greenville groups to go, go hit, um, maybe Belize. Um, oh, wow. So. Do some bone, bone fish. fish, El Pascador. Oh, you're speaking Joshua's love language. <laughs> well, it can't be my love language. Yeah, I've not even touched one. But I mean, I guess <laughs> me either. But we can do it together. It's just yeah. the idea of going on a trip, though. That's your love language. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Is that my is, love language. Which one of you just went to Colorado? Trips. That was me. Okay, yeah, I just got back from Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, man, it was a phenomenal that trip. Awesome. <laughs> oh man, it was unbelievable. Um, I want. I'm. I'm already prepping to go back next year. So, um, yeah. is fishing that manager sounds, job open right now? Yeah. In Lone Tree, Colorado. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> just south of Denver. For anybody out there listening, you haven't uh, <laughs> you haven't tossed that idea around a little bit. <laughs> it's an exceptional this is fishery for sure. Yeah, yeah man. Um, well, dude, I, I love that, and I, I think that's great that you're planning already to. It's like you said, just doing some day trips of going up to some places and yeah. saying, "Hey, come come hang out with us, come fish with us." Well, not only that, it sounds um, like he's doing them where. It's not a. It's not a guided like trip. Like I said, it's They're not a guided trip. We're just yeah. We're just being buddies. No it's all about, like, well, hey, man. It's like you said. It's all about creating that community. Right. It's all about and and that's one thing you know we we talk about this so much, um, but you need that as you're especially as you're getting into the sport for sure. Right. Like you need those people to to help you figure it out. Um, you know, I'm fortunate. I've got my brother. Um, I've got some other friends that I'm really close with that that we try to really talk a lot about what we do because mm-hmm. it helps us get better at what we do absolutely um you know we want to be we're passionate about this we want to be successful but uh the more we go out of the lawn i feel like the more we hinder ourselves from really um learning what we need to know and and figuring out even what questions to ask exactly. i keep going back to that because you made such a great point like early on in the in it when we're in it we don't even know what to ask like there's so much stuff yeah, it's yeah. just like what do we even where do we even and start when you, when you do ask you sound like an idiot because you ask some question you know like that <laughs> oh, was me yeah, early yeah. on i would be like uh and kind of like how I am now with fly tying, that when I first started fishing, I was asking those questions. Now I ask dumb questions fly tying. But, so, uh, yeah. but it's good to ask Caleb because 
he if you don't, doesn't but, but that's the thing. If you got a community, then you don't feel intimidated to ask those guys. Like, right. You're like, hey, this might be a really stupid question, but you know, and sometimes it is a stupid question. But you you don't learn if you don't ask. Exactly. It's a good point for sure. Normally, my fly tie questions are pretty stupid, but they're getting. Hey, better. listen, man, you you got the elk hair pointed in the right direction now for your cat as well. So <laughs> yeah. It took a while, but we worked better. it out. It caught fish. It's like laces out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Exactly. Um, well, hey, uh, we're going to take a, a really short break, and then after this break, uh, we want to come back and talk to Matthew a little bit more about his fishing story and um, some more about his story. So we will be right back. Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Located in the heart of Maggie Valley, the shop offers guide trips and top-of-the-line gear and apparel for all your fly fishing needs. Yeah, Shannon and his crew over at the Maggie Valley Fly Shop just opened this October. They're already making a great impact here in western North Carolina. So if you're taking a trip to the Great Smoky Mountains or anywhere in western North Carolina, make sure to give them a shout for a guided trip or go see them for any of your fly fishing needs. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. And we're back with Mr. Matthew Carter of Orvis in Greenville, South Carolina. We're down here hanging out in the Orvis shop today. And again, Joshua, just want to keep saying it. Uh, this place is awesome. If you are in the upstate of South Carolina, close to Greenville, and you fly fish, you owe it to yourself to come drop by the Orvis location here in downtown Greenville. This place is great, man. I can't Got think of anything of great stuff. that I wouldn't need that's in here. Maybe yeah, I mean, yeah. all the fly, you don't have a dog, so they got some dog stuff. You maybe I have friends need, that but, have dogs, but, but yeah, but um, lots of great stuff in here. We're sitting here by the fly tying section, so I can just you know I'm over here salivating. But um, Matthew, thanks again for hanging out with us, yeah. and uh, you've been talking to us a little bit about just the Orvis store down here, what you do. Um, we've seen some great stuff and talked about some great things, but one of the things you hit on in part one of this episode that I'd really like to talk a little bit more about is uh, you said that you were you were into photography and then you told that story of being on a plane ride coming home from Canada. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yep. Where uh, you just really felt like you wanted to get serious into fly fishing and now you've pursued it into even this career. And I love asking people this question, but what is it that you think has drawn you so much to fishing? Um, I think just, uh, that, that early love, picture. early, oh, I don't want to interrupt you. So I taking a picture <laughs> yeah, of us here. We were just photographed. Yeah, yeah we, we just got photo. We got photographed. And it's great. You have to tag <laughs> us on that photo. Okay. For all your thousands of followers, dad's make sure to do fly. that. Yeah. Dad's on the fly podcast. Dot com. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Sorry. I, I couldn't. <laughs> That's the first for us there, buddy. That was the first. Yeah. Somebody Woo. took our picture in uh, during an interview. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm in the presence oh, of Oh, man, giants. we're about to get spotted um, so many places. I don't think I can handle this. So, wow. So, what was that question again? Yeah, so <laughs> what is I it? Couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't let it go. <laughs> no, that was great. What is it, man, that has drawn you and kept you so connected to fishing? Why, why is it that you felt like you needed to leave what you were doing to really pursue this? Okay. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, and I'm still figuring that out. Well, no, I'm still photographing. I mean, yeah, it's still yeah, a yeah. thing. It's just not what I was doing all the time, you know, uh, now. And so, like, I, I would say I probably fell out of love of that a little bit. And that is probably more personal that I was, um, I felt super, um, probably at, this is probably going to go somewhere you don't want it to go. No, go for it. At 40 years old, I felt very uh, insecure about some stuff. Yeah. Um, 
just personally, like constantly going, why did that dude get that job? Why did, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> why didn't they call me? That guy's a jerk. Yeah. Um, so all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably part of it. And, um, so do you feel like it led you to like an unhealthy place? Like yes. Playing absolutely. comparison all so, the time you know, yeah, with I mean, like, other photographers. On Instagram and, and yeah. all the social media stuff that was going on. I was pretty heavy into that stuff. And then I was just like, this is not doing good things for me. So yeah. left all that only had like my website and then, you know, like my mailers and that kind of thing that I was doing for marketing. That world is also, um, pretty, um, different than, than how I feel about some things. Yeah. So like, you know, like if I wanted to post a picture of even like, uh, a dove in a dog's mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> Troll central, you know? Oh, so like, yeah. yeah so that kind of thing, that, it was yeah. like, and really like um this again this i don't know that this stuff needs to go in there this is more our talk but like no this is good like um it was just a place that i was like man like i am not seeing eye to eye with all the art directors and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. on a lot of things and so um it, i was just like man i'm kind of cringy around some of this and i don't want to have to walk in eggshells around you know just simple stuff like yeah. i hunt i fish um and, and there are a lot of people who were like eh. Maybe, you know, it's old redneck Maddie over there. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah, I get so what you're saying. In now, the so. end, I was just like, man, I just want to be who I am. Yeah. And I want my kids to see, like, having being authentic mm. is huge and having that authenticity um, about who you are, what you believe, whatever. Don't, like, shy behind anything. You just need to be who you are. And, uh, you know, warts and all, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open book. So, um, I feel like I have skirted all around this question. No, I think you've hit it right on. I think <laughs> you, you've talked a lot about what gets you, what kind of pulled you away from what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how is it then that you feel like this now you're, you're pursuing fly fishing, you're pursuing this in your career. Yeah. How it, it makes it sound like this has allowed you to be more authentic. Yeah. So, yeah, um, one thing I would say that, like, a, and this is going to sound counterintuitive to a lot of fly fishermen, a lot of us get into this because our uh, we need that time away from people. Mm-hmm. I need time with people. Oh, yeah. I am a people person. Yeah. And so I really have a, a pretty deep love for people. And so for somebody to come in here and they're like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm, like, I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, let me, let me pull you in here and I'll, I'll kind of show you you know as much as i know yeah and then i'll I'll send you down the right paths to to learn more so like this feeds that hunger within me to just love on people yeah that's i think that's That's, great that's what this podcast has done for me in a lot of ways um and caleb but but me specifically as the guy who is doing a lot of social media communication um it does feed that and i'll just be real with you you were real with us and the authenticness of it is kind of learning to embrace that and it took me a while mm-hmm. to embrace that because i think sometimes as guys and and dads but especially as men it's like well we have to stand up we have to stand over here and watch and we when we speak it has to be really knowledgeable and unfortunately that's usually not the case with me because yeah. i'm just speaking so much but it, but it's also you get people who they care about they learn that you care about them mm-hmm. not whether or not they're going to spend a lot of money in your shop or right. in my case whether or not or in our case whether or not they're going to you know, listen to all of our shows even. It's it's just that they could shoot me a DM on Instagram and say, hey, 
I'm buying a rod for my kid. Which one did you like? Or right. what, when you've taken your kid waiting, what have you learned? And to me, that's huge. And, and they know, and we know throughout the show, if you've listened to our show, we're not experts. We don't do this for a living. But, man, sometimes that's even more important and cool that you've got people who are just doing it in the real world. And I completely understand when you say that that's what you need to feed off of because yeah. that's me as well, just feeding off of that interaction with folks, just talking to folks. Um, I mean, we're going to meet some folks here in a minute here in the store, and it's going to be cool. We're going to make some new friends as they pop in and out and, and learn how to fish with their kids. And, and that, so when you op- open that door for us, we, co- we couldn't say no. We, we appreciate you so much. And so yeah. I totally understand what you said, and I think that's important, Caleb, for everybody here, whether you're fishing or not or you're just a dad. Being authentic, man, mm-hmm. is, is huge, and that's that's not a word we use. We use patience a lot, and we use uh, but authentic's a great word for for dad to take from this episode. That do that, and that has brought you into what you know. You, you're happy, right? Like you, you Absolutely, love your job, man. Yeah, love love my gig, and uh, you know, I, I I don't have like crazy long hours or anything like that. I'm home every night with my family. Um, there was a time in my life when that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long time ago um and so this is this is a i've got a 16 year old and a four-year-old so it's like i'm kind of getting like a second chance to do uh, some things a little better uh, hopefully um but yeah so i mean like this uh you know now that i'm over 40 and have a four-year-old i'm a very sleepy guy but <laughs> um i do have a, a chance to kind of like hang out with him more yeah. um all during covid when i was but before I was employed with Orvis, he and I just basically like deer scouted all the time. Go out there, awesome. you know, like, uh, you know, sit still for just a second, buddy. We're just <laughs> looking say, around, you know. Good luck deer but, scouting like, yeah, with a four year old, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, during the summer yeah. walking, like, he definitely now, when we go walking in the woods, he's like, man print. <laughs> coyote that's all awesome. deer you know he, <laughs> yeah that's great it's pretty good on its tracks yeah he kind of knows what's up um so but yeah like um yeah super happy to you know be able to do what i do that's great man and i think i think we've hit on it you know the the trick is being authentic and being real um and uh, that allows us to be just enjoy what we do so much more and, and you see it man I've, we talk to a lot of people, right? I do, correct? Yeah. In this in this community, and you could feel the authenticity and Matthew's joy just over the phone conversation and messages via Instagram. He's happy doing what he's doing, and that's so huge. And getting to be a fishing manager to me seems like a great thing to do. It's an awesome job. For and sure, I <laughs> love what he's doing here. And he brought it up, and I wanted to just mention it. He has a, a 16 year old daughter, yep. correct? Yep. Scout and a four year old son, Charlie. And Scout they are Charlie. Scout and Charlie, and they are both involved in a variety of things. But what does it mean to you? You spoke on kind of spending more time with them. Um, but what does it mean to you to just be able to be a father to them, and, and how important that is in, in role in your life? Uh, I constantly tell people that, like, when somebody comes in with a baby, I'm like, oh, hardest gig and best gig in the world. Yeah. So, like, uh, for me, it, it is truly that, like. Um, like I said, I had basically an only child for 12 years yeah. and we were ready to write books on like parenting. Cause you know, I mean, she was oh, just so compliant, just so good. 
And then the four-year-old has presented challenges. <laughs> that uh, second and so child, I was like, man. Oh, these are all different. They're not the same. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and all those parents that I was like, man, you're doing it wrong. And all those books you wanted yeah, to yeah. write, right? Like they changed yeah, now, right? Burn those <laughs> yeah, in the dumpster exactly. fire of my life. <laughs> so like anyway, but yeah, like learning, lear- learning that you know that yeah. all the kids are different uh, was a big thing. Um, and so, uh, what was the question you said again? Just, how does that that's, that was a good answer to it even though you didn't um, just what does that mean how important that that is to you I think you've already spoke to it the sure. time factor but to be that father figure for your for your kids yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay so yeah I mean like being a dad is just super important to me uh, and I absolutely love that job um, getting to spend all the kind of time that I do with my kids um, whether it's like taking my daughter on the dove field where she is a slayer nice um she has really enjoyed that thing and so we've had a good time doing that um we're both musicians so i've spent a ton of time with her working on music stuff um so all all that kind of stuff's been a real blast and um but but also just like investing time in her and seeing her blossom into this like really amazing young lady um that I just I couldn't be proud of her. You're gonna get me misty. <laughs> and then my four year old son, who's still a wild man, um, but like you know, like getting getting to spend time with him in the woods and 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 on the water. And usually that looks like let's just throw rocks. Yep. <laughs> it will for a while. But like you know, I really feel like we have this incredible opportunity as dads to like take kids out mm-hmm. and show them the world, the natural world. Um, and however they want to enjoy it, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure for them. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they may love throwing rocks. They may love just sitting in the water. <laughs> they might enjoy flipping rocks and finding bugs. Yeah. Um, the other stuff will come. I think you got to just kind of let them fall in love with it in their own way yeah. and then kind of follow their lead rather than trying to point them real specific. I know I'm going all around this. That's a great no, question. I think that's a really good point. But that's so true. I think sometimes we want them to be just like us or just enjoy the things that we like. Right. But they're not wired the same way we are. No. And so I think it's really important that you, you give them opportunity. So I do want to ask you this. Why is it so important for you, you think, to be able to get your kids outside? Like whether that's on the dove field, whether that's by the river. Why, why does that mean so much to you? Um... So for us, I'm going to back roll that back yeah, just ahead. a hair. Um, my daughter did not have a phone until she was 15. Yeah. Um, even then, it was a dumb phone. still is a dumb phone. And the reason for that is I just see so many zombie kids, you know? Yeah. And, like, uh, we, we just we were like, hey, you need to be able to engage a human when they speak yeah. to you. And so getting outside is paramount to that, you know, like – exploring the world not just the four walls in your room or whatever um and so like just being able to get out there and show them something outside of themselves uh i just think our our whole society is definitely very like self-involved self-important and kind of wrapped up in a space phone and you know my kid would would just kind of chose not to do that route not saying it's wrong if you do i'm just saying that's just a route we chose. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. But I think you hit on something that, that's really important. It's when they get outside and when yep. they get in that natural world, that's when they actually see that, that their life exists outside of the four walls that they're confined to or the screen that's in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, so many, 
I think we talked about this not too long ago with a with another guest about he he works a lot with like upper high school college age kids in ministry and he said you know when they're so confined to that screen the next generation when they're so confined to that screen they think that like that, that their world exists there um and like he was talking about like a kid in a coffee shop like put your put your phone down and just enjoy the cup of coffee and the people around you yeah and like your experiences are so much better mm-hmm. like the real world is actually way better than what exists online and don't get me wrong yeah. i love online like, no, sure. I love yeah how we met. That's how, yeah, yeah i mean yeah it's how we meet people in a lot of ways absolutely but if you don't ever put that down and experience what's around you you, you miss out on so much and For people sure. think like people like us we go into a coffee shop and talk to people and they're like what are you doing talking to me it's like well that's what <laughs> i'm here to talk to you not <laughs> that's to what we do. <laughs> sit on my phone um one thing you said that I want to go back to, and other other guests have talked about this, but I know off air you said you want to mention this, and you know your daughter your daughter is not in doesn't fish right she's she's not no. into fishing, but you said something that was super cool. You make sure to have time with her. It doesn't have to be fishing, and yeah. and she loves being outside, and that is what we keep coming back to, Caleb, especially in this last I don't know three or four months of a guest that we've interviewed. We've had some people whose kids love it. And then some kids are like, yeah, not really. But we don't pressure them into doing what dad wants to do. We, we find something to do with them. And like yeah. music for you guys, you said, and, and other things. But that's I mean, a great statement, and I agree. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think the question in that is, is how do you – I mean, is there any – it sounds like you're very fortunate, your daughter especially. You're both engaged in some of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess my thing is, is how do you feed that without – how do you balance that of like – you know, the music thing for you guys is really big, it sounds like. So how do you balance that, like, engaging with her in music but also not trying to force it and pressure her mm-hmm. into things? Because I think that's something we all struggle with, especially when it comes to fishing. Sure. You know, with my boys, like, I want them to really enjoy it. And, yeah, it'd be great if they really enjoyed it because then I could take them and it wouldn't be like, hey, babe, you know, I'm taking a trip. It'd be like, hey, wife, I'm taking the kids out. Give <laughs> 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 you a break, <laughs> I can take it with me, um, but at the same time, not wanting to not wanting to force it. So I guess the question that I have in there is just how do you engage with something that they're interested in without becoming like their coach or their, you know what I'm saying? Just letting them enjoy yeah. stuff for the sake of enjoying it. Yeah. So that is definitely I ride the struggle bus uh, yeah. in that, like when the music stuff with my daughter, and I'm constantly having to go, um, like, sh- sh- so she's a pretty prolific songwriter and so i am uh constantly like okay cool like you know we could do this you know and so like we'll work through something and then like i can just see her eyes man glazing over and and you know to her she's like uh you know she's thinking as i like to call her billy eyelash um (laughs) and i'm thinking but john bonham wouldn't have played like that man yeah so like (laughs) that's great so uh yeah so like there's definitely the this this point where i do have to back off and just let her do it in her own way um and i think like again like we said like in fishing or anything that we do as as dads we have to kind of let them do their own thing Mm -hmm. so occasionally i used to take these gigs you know like super dreadfully of photographing families and one of the things that i really hated about it was somebody's paying me to come over and watch them have a family meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so what that looks like is like mom and dad, my wife have a picture of them on this, uh, on this uh, sofa. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. You know, you know, 
Charlie, come over here and sit down. Charlie doesn't want to sit down. Exactly. Well, here's the deal. Y'all quit, like, screaming at him. He's crying. They're angry. It's like, why don't we just follow Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we go see what he's going to go Man, do? That's good. You know, see what Sarah's going to get into, and then you guys kind of get behind him. Mm. So in the same way, like, it's definitely a huge, like, weird meta lesson to me watching that go down that's it's like huge. a dad to go okay like maybe i should just let them do what they want to do a little bit you know like it's not some great offense that they're cre- you know doing they're just being a kid so let them go be a kid and then like join in with them and then play with them or whatever and then like all of a sudden now we're getting cool moments and it, obviously we're talking about a photograph but in the same way it happens in life you know like if i take my son to the river and i'm like playing around a little bit you know trying to make a fish eat He's chunking rocks in the water. Rather than me screaming at him, I shouldn't have brought my fly rod in the first place. Mm. Or I should just set it to the side and be like, yeah, dude, let's throw rocks in the water. Why don't you dive in there? <laughs> you know, like, let's do a cannonball right here. This would be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, and then, like, 20 minutes from now, maybe you could try to throw this. Or, yeah. or maybe you don't, you yeah. know, like, whatever. So um, I think you just got to join them where they're at and um, – See what they're like. What a phenomenal analogy! Perfect. Like thinking about that, looking at that from a family portrait perspective, because that is so true. Um, I've been the gu- I have been the guilty bit, one, yeah. you know, who has yelled at my kids for not cooperating and smiling and, his coming and sitting on the couch and getting the picture that mom really wants to hang up in the house and, <laughs> just, trying to make and mom happy. just trying to make mom happy. And but such a good point. Because so often we're so concentrated on getting the perfect, what we think is the perfect picture that we actually miss out on the moments. Like we miss out on the fun and making the memories that we could have with our kids instead of just trying to get things what we think would actually be perfect. So, man, what a great analogy. Thank you for sharing that. That is so good. So we want to give you a chance um, before we wrap this episode up here. To uh, you mentioned your dad was a pastor, yeah, and uh, I think you. So you grew up in church, like yep. us. Yep, <laughs> pastors' kids. Yeah, we're all three <laughs> PK. We're all oh, PKs. look out! Three PKs, three PKs in, in a the room. Same. You know, you know, there's some danger about to happen. Yeah, something yep, crazy sure. about to go down. Some deacons' um, kids. <laughs> exactly. We'd be in. <laughs> that would. That's all oh, we need. We could go down a rabbit hole. That'd be a whole other episode. Um, but how does your faith story? Um, just pl- play into I, th- I think I see what it does because you, you you love people yep. and, and Jesus love people um, how does that what does that mean to you it's everything man it that? informs yeah. absolutely everything I do in this life so um, you, like I mean you hit the nail on the head like my deep love of people is all because of Jesus so um, I'm just trying to be the uh, be the Jesus to people who maybe don't know Jesus <laughs> you know so um in the same way like my dad used to joke about like when he was a kid he he thought like preachers were wimpy and all this kind of stuff yeah. he was an army brat and um he didn't care about church or anything like that and then some kids invited him to church and he kind of fell in love with church um and then later on fell in love with Jesus and yeah. in the same way I feel like it's the sort of the same as what we're talking about right now get your kid to fall in love with the water with the woods they may fall in love with fishing they may fall in love with hunting they may fall in love with whatever out there but um 
just got to kind of turn them into that thing. Um, so for me, yeah, that it definitely informs everything. Um, for me also in my faith story, um, creation, uh, is kind of what always draws me back. Mm -hmm. So I can go out on the river and be standing there by myself and Eagle fly over. And I'm like, that was rad, you know? And then like flip over a rock and there's these, you know, crazy dinosaurs, yeah. <laughs> living under, you know, living under a rock. And it's like, there's no way for yeah. me, uh, that this is just happenstance. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's definitely design in all this, you know, we're just, you know, close enough to the sun to be warm and far enough away that we don't, you know, melt. So, uh, <laughs> for me, like the, all that just ties in together. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for my kids too, you know, like I'm, I'm, I want them to see that wonder in the world, you know, look up and just go, yeah, there's too much line in here to, to be happenstance. Yeah. <laughs> Love that, man. I think it's great. And I think it's, it's cool because you've, you've seen it as a preacher's kid. Um, you know, I'm in ministry. Josh was in the school system. And a lot of times I talk to people all the time as a pastor and they're like, man, you know, I wish I got to do what you do because, you know, I love Jesus and I wish I could minister to people all day. And I'm like, well, did you, you can't yeah. like, there's nothing stopping you from doing that at work. <laughs> like in some, and I tell guys all the time, like in some ways, like you have more opportunity than I do because Absolutely. you're in a place where people, and, and that's what I love what you're doing here, man. You know, you got this awesome community you're creating, you're hanging out with all these people all the time. You're just loving people. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we're, we're called to do. So I appreciate that. Joshua, anything else before we kind of wrap this episode up? No, man, we're going to uh, hang out here for a little bit, and hopefully some uh, dads are going to swing by, and we're going to give out some stickers and talk to them about fishing with their kids, and I'm going to try not to spend too much money before I leave. That's that's <laughs> the goal. So <laughs> Actually, the goal is to spend all oh, the money. I was going to say, man, he's like, no, that's, brought that's why I brought you out here. Yes, there you go. <laughs> hey, if you can make that happen, we would be. Oh, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Matthew, thank you so much. Thank you for your yeah, time. Thank you all. And uh, everyone listening, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Dads on the Fly. And until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith, family, and fishing all on the fly. Make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dads on the Fly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can, leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines. Thank you.